Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez and my friend and return guest, John Humphrey, is with me today. John, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be here with you, Henry. Looking forward to it. We're going to chat a bit more about what John has ended up specializing in. Uh, quite a number of years now, he'll bring us up to date. In particular, he's written a book that recently he updated. He's in the process of new of writing a new book, but essentially it's all under the title of Connect for Life. It's more than just networking. It's how do we actually uh, build and, and nurture and leverage those connections, in particular in the business world, to generate revenues and opportunities. And so we're going to dive into that. And in particular, we're going to take a focus of how it applies to, I mean, this is knowledge that anybody can learn from, but how it applies to those owner-led, founder-led service companies where you have that challenge of those cycles, right? You get busy, you generate a bunch of business, and then you deliver. And, and that's that constant challenge that small businesses, in particular services company, that's a particular focus for John. And so we're going to explore that amongst other things. To get more information about the Howa Business, including the show notes page for this episode, just visit thehowabusiness.com. That's where you can also find information about my one-on-one -on -one and group coaching programs. And wherever you're listening to this episode, I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And let me tell you a bit more about John. John Humphrey is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, with experience in starting businesses ranging from restaurants, which I didn't, I didn't remember that, John. Restaurants to software and consulting. John currently serves as a chief connector of Connect for Life. And Connect for Life focuses on founder-led companies, typically ranging from about five to 30 million in revenues who desire to grow. And they do this by focusing on the technical leaders of those companies and teach them how to grow their respective books of business. John has spent a career building companies and assisting assisting clients in building transitional solutions across the enterprise. Yeah. John believes that we are the most network yet least connected individuals in a generation. And success in life is directly related to the depth and breadth of our relationships and our desire to help others. John's previous appearance on the podcast, so he's been on the show before, was episode 385. And in that episode, we did a direct deep dive on Connect for Life, the in the book in particular, and also his journey. So if you're interested in his very inspirational journey, as I mentioned with restaurants, a very varied background. And also we went into a little bit more detail on how he and I met. I'll do an update on that for those of you who have not listened to that episode. But that's episode 385, 385. Listen to that episode. If you want to learn more about John's very interesting journey, John lives in the Dallas, Texas area. And so once again, John, welcome back to the show. Great to be here. So for those of you who may not have listened to it, or it's been a while, John and I have known each other now. We're going to be dating ourselves here, but what year was it that we first met, John? It would have been mid-90s? Uh, 95. Yeah. 95. Right. At oh, Lawson, right? Yep. At Lawson. I was at Lawson Software already, and then John joined as a salesperson and then uh, had a successful career there and other places. And then we did we we crossed paths at Ariba as well, right? 
Yes, we did. We yeah. worked together for almost a year, I think. That's what I thought. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. I'm it's starting to become fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I walk into wrong rooms all the time, wonder why I'm there. <laughs> our our mutual friend Mark Brady and I will often we revisit those days and the the great successes and fun we had at Lawson. You know, um I may have mentioned this on our previous interview, but when people ask me, what do you miss about those times? It's two simple things. One is working with highly intelligent and talented people like you and Mark and others. And then being on stage, I, I miss that sometimes of, you know, when, when you're on it and you're doing well in front of an audience and you're connecting, there's something about that, that uh, feels good. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story before we get going is, um, when I started Pari Veda in 2003, one of the things we, we implemented during the interview process was that uh, candidates would have to, to stand on their feet and do a case, work a case problem and whiteboard it. Wow. And the inspiration of that came from two places. The first was <laughs> I went to school in Oxford for uh, to get my, my second degree at SMU and, and the professors, the whole test was oral. Wow. It's like, it scared the crap out of you. So you sort of knew the men from the boys. And then you, you were, I always considered you the master of the whiteboard. Uh, you would practice for hours and were really good at taking a very complex technical story and graphing out the pieces and parts. And if you could look at my, my board here over to the <laughs> left, I've just done that for another client. So that's fantastic. Whiteboarding is a great skill. Yeah. I appreciate that. And Mark Brady really was, was, helped me tremendously with that. And he was a master of it as well. And, you know, wh where that comes from is we learned that while we, we certainly used PowerPoint where it was appropriate, we learned early on that we tend to hide behind our presentation, be a PowerPoint or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, which is partly where you go here in a moment with Connect for Life is people buy from people, people buy from people they trust, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't so changed. I, it hasn't changed and it's not going to change, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Especially as you allude to it in our connected yet not very connected world that we live in, that's still the way it happens. And especially yeah. if we're asking people for large sums of money to invest in us, uh, it happens by making a connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so the other thing that I always thought is, so when I do my slide deck, I have to turn down the lights typically so that people could see the screen. This is back in the days of those poor overhead projectors, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't quite have enough power. So you had to dim the lights. And I thought, well, nobody can see me. I'm I'm the one I want them to look at, right? So it was ego driven, but but it worked. But but the thing is then when you're on the whiteboard, there the value of it is that the client the prospective client arrives at the solution with you ideally when you do it well mm -hmm. yep it's and the power of the storytelling key. that's right i mean you're just telling a visual story on a whiteboard mm -hmm. yeah. and they're they're crafting it with you and that's that's powerful all right connect for life network your personal brand and win is the title of the book the book's been out for a while but you recently uh, did a, what is it called? A, a, a new edition or an updated edition? Yeah, I did. Right. yeah. Second edition. Why? So why did I do that? Yeah. So yeah. great question. You know, I started that company in 2003, Party Beta Solutions. We grew it for a decade. I had lots of notes. I probably had written the book two or three times just yeah. in various formats. And then I left after a decade, sold my interest and 
you know, still very good friends with all the people, Bruce and I, my co-founder and I, we still get together every year. And, and, you know, now they're 20 plus years into the deal. He just retired as the CEO and they still don't have any commission salespeople, probably 1500 employees, 150, 160 million in revenue. And I'm, and I realized, oh, this is, this is the real thing. So I went back and I started really looking at you know, we track these, I used to call them touch points. Now I call them connect points. And we tracked over 15 different things across three categories of connecting, marketing, and selling. And as I started thinking about a software product, I realized that, you know, if you go back to like the James Clear atomic habits, you know, it's make it simple. I wasn't making it simple. And so I took that down to nine things. So three categories of three that pretty much everybody can remember and variety of point uh, totals for each one of those points and rewrote a big section of the book around uh, connect points and the software and uh, re-released it almost a year ago. So, so thanks for that update. Explain though now a little bit more, what do we mean by connect points? So this actually started you will you may not remember this but i started doing this back when matt olson and i were at lawson and we'd sit around on a friday afternoon with our shoes off and our feet up on the desk when michael fox would walk around and say doesn't anybody wear shoes around here anymore <laughs> <laughs> and we started thinking how do we develop activity above the funnel what mm. is it that leads to a you know, a sales qualified lead as opposed to a marketing qualified lead. Right, right. And so we started, you know, it, even back then it was writing content. It was uh, attending events. It was reaching out to old colleagues. It was pinging your network. It was going to lunch with somebody. And we created this little contest called the Big Dog Contest. I remember that. And, you know, if you want to run with the big dogs, you got to get off the porch. And we would keep track of points every week. And whoever won... The other guy would buy lunch or a ground of golf or whatever on a Friday afternoon. And so, you know, you want a hat or you want a t-shirt and it was this game that we played Mm -hmm. and, you know, fast forward, I think a year later, we were both like two of the top guys in the company outside of the healthcare group. And, um, and so when I started party and then I got into managing people, you know, like, like, and so by the time we got to Pariveda, you know, from 95 to 2003, I was kind of tired of salespeople. <laughs> and I said to Bruce, I said, we cannot, we, I want to do this without salespeople. I want to teach everybody in the company wow. the most valuable activities to do around connecting, uh, marketing and selling. Mm-hmm. And so I can unpack that a little bit, but, uh, but that's. Yeah, well, I remember clearly back then you you waited the starting point was we an inbound rfp right or or maybe you had a connection with the the big six or big eight whatever it was back then knowing that there was one coming down the line and maybe you could influence it but that's certainly where the funnel would start for most of us right yeah and you only knew about it if you were going to lunch with guys and finding out who they were engaged with and they were early days and well it may be a software selection or maybe it won't be Mm -hmm. um and you spread a really wide net. And the other thing that I did is I walked around, I had a book of every major company over $500 million in Dallas. And I created this network of non-competitive technology providers. So a hardware guy, a software guy, a network 
person. Uh, you know, this is way before cloud. And so I had probably 15 or 20 different technology folks. That led to me starting the DFW IT roundtable with Matt Rosen and, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Dave Casey and a few other guys. Yeah, Michael I think Parker. I think I had a chance to come in and, and present you to did. you guys one time. You if did. I recall and correctly. you know, that group still meets. Is that it's right? Not, it's not all the same members, but it's still non-competitive, A players um, to try to be, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon away from an introduction at a major company. Mm -hmm. and, so and, that like, was, and, and so that you, then that was the thing I always admired about you is you were so, as I call it, was not my term, but consciously competent from very early on. Right. I, yeah. I've, I had the privilege of working with really bright and talented salespeople, but not everybody knows why, why they're good. And hence, that's why the classic problem of a good salesperson doesn't necessarily make a good sales manager because they don't know how to teach others how to do that, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Right. But you know, it, it, so that this whole theme is really where I got to the founder thing, because what, yeah. I, yeah. what I realized is that it's the same thing you realize about a lot of A, a, a sales guys. And you know, we certainly worked between Lawson and Ariba. I think we probably worked with some of the finest people in the world. Agreed. And none of them were schleps, right? They they didn't have a shtick. They just really cared about solving problems. And and it was like, oh, well, so if I can make friends and solve problems, then and then if I have a process and teach people a procedure, then it, you're not born a business development person. You can be made into one, just like you know, I might never go to the Olympics, but, you know, I can certainly get better. And so I started studying what happens to these founder-led businesses, particularly in IT services and scientific mm -hmm. services and anything that's a technical service, as yeah. they largely build something on their own backs and they get to some level, I call it the founder ceiling, and they, they, they get stuck. And some of them get stuck at 5 million and some of them get stuck at 30 but when they try to start growing, they don't have a system or a process to do it. And they don't know how to manage a sales team. Right. And they're not really sure what they do every day when they wake up that leads to success. Mm -hmm. So I sort of wove a golden thread through all that in the book, um, Connect for Life. The first half is really about why how to measure it and what to do. And then the second half is more about how to really run a successful uh, services company, uh, how to get meetings and how to, you know, look at the business and manage it week to week. And so now I'm all sort of kind of crazy about just helping introverts in general. Yeah. Uh, so the immediate thing that comes to mind, if I didn't know about, this approach to connecting versus traditional networking is, well, that's, that's going to take a long time for that to develop, John, right? Isn't it going to take some time for me to develop these relationships? And in the meantime, either A, I don't have time for that, or B, what do I do in the interim? So what do you say if you get that pushback to, to founders? I mean, the answer is yes, you're right. It takes longer to develop people than it goes to hire a gun and say, go get me some meaningful meetings. Mm -hmm. But what, what people don't tell you about a commercial sales operation, even if it's a hybrid, you know, you have seller doers and commercial salespeople, is your turnover rate 
is good if it's only 25% a year of your staff. So you're always hiring. You're right. always firing. You've got the 80-20 rule where, you know, those 20% of those sales rep generate 80% of your revenue. And then they're always trolling for the next big thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we know that, right? I mean, oh, yeah. somebody comes with a bigger carrot, you go, hey, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Whereas if you invest in your younger technicians and you teach them these skills, first of all, these are, these are the skills that they should be learning in life. And they get better and better and better. That loyalty quotient actually goes up and your turnover goes down because now they have a career path. They don't have to sort of justify why being a delivery person ought to be enough because they have the whole package. And as you know, the person with the whole package makes the most money. They get to be in the club, the partner club, the VP club. And that's what, you know, as a consultant, that's sort of your goal, right? Yeah. When you say technician, we're talking about, that's a general term that you use for the person that delivers the service, that implements, that gets out there and, and does the work. Is that right? Yeah, a knowledge worker, somebody who has studied very hard, accumulated a knowledge that somebody's willing to pay for. This is Henry Lopez, briefly pausing this episode to invite you to schedule a free coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business plans and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you're experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing and maybe exiting your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching consultation, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. Take that next step today towards finally realizing your business ownership dreams. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Often though, to your point, and I want to explore this because it's also why the founders often they look at sales as that four letter word, right? As that thing that yeah. I don't do that. I, I, I only deal with yeah. what's real and what it does and what it doesn't sales is about embellishing. And, and so how do you feel this approach helps people embrace this? Well, I lead with the unsales approach. You know, I'm teaching people how to out love their network to always be available to serve it, to generate, you know, to sort of, if you think about it, right. So connect is nurture your network, reach out to people, touch them, have meetings with them, go to events. The marketing is really about creating. It's about mm -hmm. creating content, writing, commenting on somebody else's speaking somewhere. I call it creating a collision so that the people that are looking for that knowledge run into the people that have it. And then the selling is about developing business through a very proven, you know, I've been using the same sales methodology for more than 30 years and it's a working activity based, do these things, you're ready to move to the next stage. And most, you know, most technicians have never been, had a marketing class, you know, they're a, they're a lawyer or they're a software developer or they're an architect or um, all they do is quality assurance and they don't, you know, they don't name marketing or sales from, from Adam. And so I bring the, I bring the skills to them. And so even if they're doing account management and they're not, they're farming, 
not hunting. Yep. Uh, these these skills make them better at that. Absolutely. And and then they realize I'm not trying to manipulate anybody into anything. I'm not trying to. I'm looking for problems. I'm looking for pain. You know, back in the day, we used to look for latent pain. We'd turn that into pain, and we'd create a vision of a solution that our software would solve. We do the same thing with services. And so, you know, the most rewarding time for me is that aha moment that somebody finally goes, oh, you're just asking me to be a human. Mm, <laughs> right. I don't have to do anything special. I just have to do enough of the right and, and help people solve problems, help connect help people, people to help them solve problems. And that you're, you're a scientist. Isn't that what you like to do? Yes. I love to solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, they like the elegance of it. And so that's the, you know, once that, it's amazing what happens when somebody finally goes, oh, you know, it's like, I'm going to cheat. You know, you asked me about my favorite book and the one I'm telling everybody about is the Go-Giver book, mm. which is about being a helper, being a giver, putting yourself out there. You find out Henry's going to Europe and you say, well, I went to these three places you ought to go or you know, your kid needs a tutor or you're, you need a job. Or if you're just the person out there that is in, in the way helping, people will remember you. Yeah. You know, and I found that the social side reminds people that I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So a lot of that collision happens because they forget about you. Mm -hmm. I see. And so that's the part of putting ourselves out there in the right way so that those collisions can happen. And then uh, methodically helping people, connecting people. And eventually, and over time, they see you as that person and they'll come to you. And then uh, as it happens is they'll come to you eventually when they need something that you can directly offer or your company right. can offer. Yes. Correct. Um but it does require, though, John, and this is the other thing that's a challenge for technicians or even for founders who are doers, is I can get lost in the doing. I can get lost in the delivery, and that's all I want to do. And maybe I surface every couple months, but but I get lost on it. So part of it is a discipline to do this yeah. as a, a weekly practice, right? But So how, how do you address that component of it? That's, you know, that's the hardest part is um, I have to sort of find out what their dream is. You know, it's like Simon Sinek's begin with why. Like, why are you doing this? Because if you just want to be a technician and sit in the closet with the green shade on and we'll slide a pizza under the door, <laughs> you know, you can do that, but you're going to be limited on the upside of what you can do for your family and for yourself. Right. And it's just a very factual conversation, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. if you want to advance your career, you got to go do what the people do that advance their careers. And so once I make it a non-threatening thing, what I have found is that the tool, the connect points tool that allows me to set goals, measure the progress and it gamifies it. It's almost like what Matt and I created all those years ago. You know, it's the intersection. A friend of mine described it the other day. I thought this was great. He says, your, your tool is the glue between the Go-Giver's book, the Never Read Alone book, and the Atomic Habit book. And, and once you've mastered putting those three concepts together, you have this beautiful measurement tool that sort of mm -hmm. gives you a dopamine hit every yeah. time you, you well, Like something. you did early days, it gamifies it, right? And yes. so we all respond to that. Yes.
it's it's okay as an individual contributor to say that's okay that's not for me i'll stay in my closet and code away it's not okay as the founder or a senior person within a small organization mm -hmm. right? we have to understand that there is a way to do sales without it being manipulative without it being completely outside of our comfort zone there is a way to do it this way by connecting and providing people a service and helping people and connecting people. Yeah. Yeah. You lay yeah. out kind of in a book in the new version, you, you kind of bring together and in, in this new enhanced model that you call connect market sell, which is what we've been talking about, but, but walk me through that model at high level and put it all together. The connect market sell, you have the three interconnecting circles that describe this visually. Yeah. So, Connecting has three items in it, you know, message somebody. So that's an email, a text on LinkedIn, whatever. Um, meet, um, which is any kind of meeting, virtual, physical. It's just a encourage to get out there. Don't forget about the people in your network. You know, most of us lose track of the people that we went to college with. And yet we went to colleges where very accomplished people are out there doing very amazing things. And, you right. know, you see them at a reunion. So... I encourage people to go back and look at these people that you've lost in mm -hmm. your career. And then the last category is attending some kind of an event. It can be a virtual event. It can be a physical event. You know, I have my own little handicap on how I handle physical networking events because I'm not a huge fan of big crowds and right. in big buildings. And so I look for the kind eyes around the periphery of the of the buildings, you know, the guys and gals that went because there's somebody told them they had to, exactly. yeah. but they just really wait, can't wait till it's over. Yeah, because as introverts, <laughs> that, that drains us, those activities drain us, right? Or can right. drain us. So I just look, if I can have three to five meaningful conversations with somebody in a couple of hour event, man, it's yep. a win for me. That's the way I do it. Because as yep. an introvert, I go to these events and I say, okay, my goal is I just want to meet two new people, somebody I've that's never it. met before. And that's my goal. And, and it's a 15 that, to minute. It's like, how exactly, you doing? Why are exactly. you here? It's like yeah. a really getting to know you thing. That's right. And then what I do for myself in some of these events is I give myself permission that if I want to leave, I leave. And just that release of that pressure, uh, I find that I often end up staying, but I didn't yeah. go into it with this unrealistic expectation for myself. Well, you get three points in our model, you know, to <laughs> attending an event. Um, yeah. So one for a message, two for for uh, for a meeting. Right. So message, then, meet, attend is part yeah. of that first circle of connect. Yep. And then the next is um, marketing, you know, and and in that world, it's really about writing, commenting. I teach people that you've got to write comments to, to, to posts that are at least 12 to 14 words. You can't just say, Hey, that's awesome. And right, give a yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. You know, you want the algorithms to know that you added value to that. So a lot of times it's, Hey, that's a really good point. I read something, something, something. Here's a reference to another article that supports your position. Nice work. Appreciate you. You know, that that's a big, that's a gift. It's that's in the out love thing. You're just giving them a gift. There's no real intrinsic value for you except the habit. And then writing, writing a post, learning how to write in LinkedIn is very different than writing, you know, a, a white paper. <laughs> but which, which one common, we'll call it uh, not a mistake, but just one common thing that you would see that you see people that are not learning about that. What's well, one common thing? There's a thing in LinkedIn called an article. You can write an article 
and the algorithm doesn't even look at it. So you have to you you have to write a post. You have you know three lines to get somebody to read more. When I click on that more button, that creates the impression, right? And then you know you keep things to easy prime numbers. Three, the three reasons for the five reasons for. You tell them what you're going to tell them. You tell them, and then you tell them what you told them, right? I've I mean, heard speech. That before. <laughs> yeah, we learned that in speech, like one on one. And then speaking, obviously, is the thing that terrifies most people. Right. Um, I think you have to. So the great thing about the consulting and the services business is there's plenty of opportunities to speak in friendly environments. Right. If you think about a stand up meeting or a status meeting or anybody that gets into that manager principal level in a consulting firm, Mm -hmm. they're having to interact with, you know, pretty serious executives every week. So they get that down. And then you can really buy your way into a conference around a domain that you're very comfortable with. So I'm not just going onto the street corner and talking about, right, you know, right. Microsoft Azure versus AWS. I'm talking yeah. about something, you know, if you were really deep on ag tech, you would try to go speak at the ag tech conference mm-hmm. and, and, and get famous, get known, and then you get asked back. And it and it gains momentum. So that's You're positioning the, yourself as an authority. There, it, it could even be nowadays a podcast appearance, right? Which yes. is much uh, more comfortable for a lot of people because I don't see the audience out there looking at me, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so that's marketing, writing, so that's marketing, it's and, and primarily content. that platform, other than the speaking, for most of us in B two B is LinkedIn right now. Yes. Right now, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and okay. here's the thing. You know, uh, uh, Gartner put out an article a couple of years ago, maybe 18 months, and it said that 89% of buyers of services do all of this research online before they ever engage somebody from the company. Yep. So if you remember the old days where so we sort of different. showed up and throw, <laughs> uh, you know, show up and throw up, I got to, I got to tell you who we are and why, blah, blah, blah. They know all that. They know all that. Yep. They've been in your LinkedIn. They know all that and more. Yeah. They've looked for somebody who knows you. They've probably done a few reference calls on you, right? So so this ought to be good news for an introvert because most introverts like creating content and they like being famous for content and they love the detail of, right. now they have to learn how to articulate it in a way that sure. is, is manageable. So, so like it's getting like getting to the point. So, so the unnecessary fluff and embellishment, that's not, doesn't work anyway. So, so you don't have to do that part of it. No, you don't. In fact, and and what's even better about this whole seller doer idea is that buyers want to talk to the knowledge worker. Yes, that's a good point. And and so if if you're a salesperson and and you want to use this model, you better be very deep in the domain. Yep. You better be a Mark Brady and be able to get up on a whiteboard and draw the architecture of the Ariba, you know, purchasing system. Yeah, uh, you can no longer just be marshalling resources or no. distributing brochures, right? No. Otherwise, the buyer is going to see right through that and see you as nothing but an impediment, not not a facilitator of any kind. And for most of my technical founders that I'm talking about, this is like music to their ears. They're like, oh, good. I didn't want to deal with a salesperson, exactly. Salesforce anyway. I hate salespeople. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then the last uh, circle is yep. selling. It's the things that you would expect, right? So there's three types of meetings that we track. The first would be discovery meetings. That's usually a couple of points. And you might have lots of discovery meetings, you know, one, two, five, ten. You're trying in discovery 
what I teach is you're trying to not only get the requirements to deliver a statement of work, but you're trying to map the organization and figure out the formal and informal power and figure out how to get a coach and who's got the juice and whose budget is it? And is it a, is it a guppy in the shark chart or a great white? So all of that happens in discovery. So, you know, you get a couple of points for every one of those meetings and that's where your delivery guys really participate in that. Cause right. if you, you're worth your salt, you're taking those guys with you because they're at the account every day. Second is proposals. I call them, I, I always lead with a pre-proposal. It's a methodology that I've learned to use, I don't know, 20 years ago, where we sort of go through the, our understanding of the problem, our approach of how we would solve the problem, the value proposition of, sell, of solving that problem, and then some estimated fees. And then I usually have an appendix that's sort of, here's the, here's the background on the company or me. And, and the reason that's important is, is that you tell the prospect no new information. By the time you get a statement of work, no new information. Everything is in this pre-proposal and they just sort of emotionally adopt it. And then it sells while it's sitting on their desk in their office. And then obviously the last would be some kind of a closing meeting. Right. And, and, you know, I say meeting with power because you just, you, you don't know who has power anymore. You know, the C's push it down to their directors uh, for accountability. And so, you know, that's, you know, and at, every one of these scores is really a, an interpretation, right? You know, sure. And and so the 11th commandment, Zig Ziglar used to always say is thou shalt not kid thyself. <laughs> so that's the honor system. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. What, what, you, what do right. you have to gain? But, but this, this helps us to, again, the, 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 as I call it, the gamification of it helps us to focus on it. And if we just do these activities repeatedly, conscientiously with the right motivation, it, it pays off obviously. Uh, all right. We've talked about the revised book. You've got a new book that you're working on now as yeah. well. Yes. Yep. It's going to be all around connect points and this idea of glue of bringing the the giving and the creating of content and the developing of business into this cohesive uh, story that's written just for introverts. You know, yeah. I'm trying to use, uh, you know, you remember the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy there's not an introvert. I say that too, that goes, Oh yeah, I'm on my favorite books. <laughs> the answer is 42, you know, that is interesting how that's a, that's and so I'm going to try some uh, riff on that. Um, and it's not going to be a long book, but it's going to be sort of, here's the mechanic, here's the how to, it's going to be all about that. Like I'll probably review those three books I talked about. I'll probably talk about the profile of successful people who've done that. And then I'll do a really deep dive and why these nine things are so important. And then, you know, in the game, in the, in the tracking, setting a weekly goal. If you don't have a weekly goal, you're kidding yourself, you know, entering what you put in there, tracking it against your peers and your colleagues. So you have a little bit of competition and it's, it's just to, you know, people have bad weeks. And so they need to know that ne next week they could start over, forgive yep. themselves and move on. And then the, you know, the poking somebody and, you know, giving them an attaboy or a fist pump and challenging them to next week. Hey, let's, why don't we try to see if we can get 60 points next week. And, you know. Yeah. And this, this also serves uh, the, the connect points tool and software also serves that the, the incredible power of, of measuring something, of putting something up on the board, 
And that really just works as a motivator for us. And, and just like you, that'll lead to probably, you know, group, group forums. Uh, there's a feature that I'm going to build that you can opt in to a group. I see. And people that you don't know will hold you accountable every week, which I think is kind of a cool accountability a school thing. Feature. And then have that sort of bat phone call where you get on the phone for 30 minutes and there's half a dozen guys and gals sharing what's working, what's not working, what they're struggling with, ideas. Excellent. All right. I'm going to wrap it up with this question, kind of a combined question, because I always want to know, you know, where, where, where do I start? But if I am listening and I am one of those founder-led service companies in particular, or really any business that's struggling with this part of the sales side of things, what's one thing you want to take away from this conversation we had about how to improve that? Well, it's not complicated. It's the, it's the kind of, it's the, it's the way you would want to be treated um, if you were in somebody else's network and that it is teachable. You can teach this program to introverts, to deeply technical people that have had an aversion to selling because it's really not selling. And where, where should they start? Should they read the book first or what, what do they want? Where, where do they start? You can find me on LinkedIn, but the best place is to go theconnectpoints.com. If you go to theconnectpoints.com, we have a download that I call a net connector score that they get for free. And it explains all of the points in great detail and how much we score, what's a one-pointer versus a five-pointer. And then it actually gives them a tool to set, like say, I want to sell $2.5 million next year. It will use all of our historical data to say, well, then you need to do 139 points a week or 75 points a week. And you ought to break that down between connecting, you know, 40 and 20 marketing and 10 selling or it's, it's pretty nifty and it, yeah. and it gives you a kind of a roadmap on how much work is enough work. And uh, we, we're also going to be having a download that's a spreadsheet if you don't want to use the product. So we're just really out there trying to help, help yeah. introverts be successful. And it speaks to what you said earlier, which is it helps me now to, to quantify that uh, before the, the above the funnel, right? What are those then connection type activities that I need to do that'll result in these opportunities to achieve that goal that I have financially? Happens to me all the time. I'll look back a week or two and I'll go, golly, I don't have any selling points. Mm -hmm. And then I realize, oh, there's three people I haven't followed up with because mm -hmm. I've been busy. So it, yeah. you, you get to manage yourself. And, um, you know, if you're committed to doing the work, this is, this thing works. Yeah. And I think you touched on something there that is a takeaway for me as well, which has always been the case, is um, I think it's because at the end of the day, for some people, we think sales is kind of like, oh, I'll get to it. It's necessary, but I'm, it's not what I, I got to take care of this customer problem right now. But we've got to realize that that we've got to be around to be able to help people solve problems, right? We got to we got to look for that next opportunity. And so it's a balancing act on a weekly basis to do a little bit of both. Again, some weeks, like you said, get away from us, but that's the, the help yeah. us the focus to get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing worse as a founder of a company who who's worked very hard to build a reputation. And, you know, let's say they've gotten a hundred people and they wake up one day and they realize they don't have a pipeline. Yeah. And they know that just by nature, you're going to attrit 25 to 30% of their client base every year. 
And no matter how good they do their job, they're going to lose clients and they're going to need new ones. And, you know, when they have to cut people, it's cutting bone. Or they're so committed to the culture that they're spending retained earnings, yeah. which is tomorrow's capital, to keep people busy who, who aren't billable. And that's why they get stuck in that chasm and they can't mm -hmm. seem to, despite what all efforts, they can't get to that next level. Right. Tell us again where, you, where to go to learn more. The Connect Points, T-H-E-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-P-O-I-N-T-S.com. And everything, we're, we're putting everything on that site right now. Excellent. I'll have a link to it as well on the show notes page at thehowabusiness.com in case you're listening where you can't write that down. John, uh, thanks again for another great conversation, great insights as always. So uh, thanks again for coming back on the show. Love being with you, Henry. Always fun. This is Henry Lopez. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was John Humphrey. I release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including my YouTube channel, The How of Business YouTube channel, and the website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.